You're listening to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. Hello and welcome to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. This is the podcast all about location independence, time freedom, and living life on your terms. Each week we interview a new guest on the show, and today I'm sitting down with Raphael Smear, a young nomad who's following his passion for travel by building a startup that helps young people make the best choices about what activities to do on their gap years. In this week's episode, Rap and I talk about his pursuit of location independence, as well as the experience of freelancing while working on his own startup, Anis Sabatik. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode nine with Raphael Samir. For show notes and more, visit ChrisTheFreelancer.com. All right. Hi, guys. I'm here with Raphael. We're on his um, rooftop. He's got a pretty interesting pad here in Chiang Mai. It's like, how many levels is it? Uh, I think it's got four levels. And we're on the fourth level on the, at the rooftop. Yeah, it's a pretty cool space in Niman area here in Chiang Mai. And it's a good event space as well, right? Like you had um, uh, us all over for house a party. party. Yeah, house party. Rooftop drinks, how I like to call them. So I organize these uh, every two weeks. Uh, if I'm, I mean, I've started doing this like when I was in Saigon uh, and I'm continuing to do it here in, in Chiang Mai. It's just a, just really good to have every two weeks, like all the people I know who are in, in our space, like at one uh, place and everybody meets each other and everybody loves it. So I just continue doing it. Awesome. Well, you've got a similar story, I guess, in terms of, I guess, discovering the location-independent movement and, and wanting to become a part of it. But you're further along than me. You've said you've been about a year and a half now yeah. uh, since you left Belgium. Yeah, so I've, it's been a year and a half since I, like, I've been fully dedicating myself to it. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's been two, like, yeah, a year and a half since I left the job, but I still worked a little bit back home, uh, starting to, you know, like, start, like, prepare yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, on that scale, I guess I've been doing it for the same time because I made the switch like about March last year that I was gonna, I was gonna go into this stuff, um, and then left Australia in January. But I like to go like, uh, you know, start at the beginning of the story. Where, at which point did you discover the idea of being location independence, and what was it that um, got you really excited about it? The thing is, like, um, just to give you a, a little bit of an idea of where I was, like, mentally at the moment mm. in which I, I, I start hearing about this concept of location independence. I'd been, uh, I'd done my gap year in Australia, actually, when I was 18. And, uh, and during that year, um, I took English classes, and I did some volunteering, and I worked in Australia to fund and finance my travels. And it was, like, a fantastic year for me. It was really, like, really life-changing. Um, I realized I was loving learning languages. I was loving uh, being in an environment that changes all the time. I was loving meeting new people all the time, uh, being in contact with nature. And generally speaking, these are things you see when you, like, when you think of travel. Yeah. So I realized that I had this desire to travel and, and changing environments all the time. And then after that, I went to, I went to university for three years. And, and when I was at university, I felt like I had to make a choice between like going back to traveling, you know, after I would finish and, you know, making basically um, a move towards a little bit more of, a, of a, the career path. And I felt that, you know, either my plan at the time was like, okay, I'm going to finish, um, I'm going to finish my studies. I'll go spend a year, take another working holiday visa uh, in Canada this time. 
and I would probably like, yeah, pick fruits again or work in ski resorts or basically not do the kind of jobs you want to be doing when you finished a degree of business and communications. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I felt like, all right, I'll follow the, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for a year and I'll just follow my, my, my drive for travel. Uh, and then after that, only I'll go and follow the other thing I really want to do is, you know, um, work in the areas of, of marketing, communications and yeah. business. And so basically, like these two objectives were completely at the opposite of each other. And, and, and I had a problem with that. But that was the best solution I had at that time. And basically, my now ex-girlfriend, she, and I'm so happy she did that, she sent me that that podcast it was um it was actually um the love affair travel by by ian ian uh, robinson and it was the episode uh by johnny ward i remember quite quite clearly and that's that's the first time i heard someone's story of yes basically someone who's like working on a computer doing like business entrepreneurship um marketing related things and at the same time was moving around i was like I was like just so amazed. I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is the ticket. This is amazing. I want to do that." And and since you know, it's been. I mean, that was definitely like the moment where I, I just I just realized that. I mean, I have to go more into it, and I start getting like as you're saying, also like obsessed with it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where all the research started, basically. Yeah, I had a similar thing um, when I finished my trip. It was like a trip to the U.S. I had it was like six months study abroad. Uh, caught the travel bug, came home, I uh, was almost finished university and I wanted to focus on my career and kind of build a career. But at the same time, travel was the most fulfilling thing for me. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'll finish university, I'll do the Canada thing, I'll do the... You also um, wanted to do a, like a working holiday in Canada? Yeah, but the, 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 the problem was the work itself. Like I really wanted to work on my career, but I wanted to meet new people and be in a different environment as well. So yeah, when I saw um, that article that from Peter Levels um, about 12 subs in 12 months, that's when it clicked for me and um, realized I could do both, um, which was perfect. So after you kind of, it clicked for you and had that moment, what was, what was your steps after that? Um, I mean, it's not like I... I, I became a full-time researcher of location independence, <laughs> uh, but I was like, yeah, I think I've in that week I'm I probably listened to all the episodes of that podcast probably like in one go, and yeah, I think it just yeah just started to to research a little bit um, everything that was on that topic. I think I've heard of Natalie Sisson and about her book, yeah. about the audio book, and I just kind of like. Um, I think it took me it took me still like a few months before I decided I was like wow this is it because the first episodes I was uh, I heard weren't I wasn't quite understanding exactly all the different possibilities and stuff so yeah. but but after a few episodes I was like I could start hearing some stories that I could relate to I'd be like yeah I could do that I could do that I bought that uh, book from Natalie Sisson that was kind of a like a step by step approach of how you can uh, work remotely and she was really focused on the freelancing on how you can become actually like a freelancer and yeah and so that's that's how I started to make my first moves being like all right this is what I'm gonna have to do okay and did you have a clear idea of the career you wanted to go down you already had I guess you'd studied the business and communications at university was that um, you already had a clear idea of what you wanted to do after university and you were just fitting that into the 
location independent model or you had to kind of think of what careers you could do within that no i think in that in that way i was i was kind of lucky because i i more or less knew i wanted to work in the areas of marketing communications i, I knew that at some point i would want to to have my own business and therefore you know i would have to start by working for someone else and working in business yeah. uh, in a business it would have to be like an NGO or a startup or or um, a big company I think the big company option was like already understood that this was probably not exactly for me uh, but I knew I wanted to work for a business uh, an organization uh, and my yeah my strategy to get my foot into the door was to work in something I knew I was already decent at and something I'd, I'd done a little bit before was like marketing communications You know, I, then I thought, okay, well, I need to have a skill that I can uh, bring to someone else. And, well, she was giving that diagram, which I think was very good. She was saying, like, hey, if you want to figure out what you have to do, um, try to find the common denom denominator, sorry, between these three. So there's, like, something you're really passionate about, something you really like, yeah. something that you're good at, yeah. and something that people... Uh, want you for so something that's demanded and something that can bring value right yeah. um, and then I figure like that this whole like from this like social media and, and marketing and communications would be um, a good deal for me so, so I didn't I didn't have to do like a big compromise you know yeah, in yeah, compromise in order to, to to do what I wanted to do it was kind of like really like merging already what I had in mind with like the new the, the, the new model of location independence right Yeah, and I'm 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 not doing exactly what I wanted to do back then, but oh, okay. that's still good. I mean, I'm so happy I went through that. How's it different now? The the activity is just different. So the the kind of skills are similar, but um, what I'm offering to the people I work with is is different. Okay, so you were talking about social media back then, and then now yeah, you like, do kind of other parts of the marketing mix. It's really that there's some of that, but. It's, uh, so back then, I figured, all right, if I want to, to offer my skills to someone, I always knew, that's, that's something I knew for sure also, is that the kind of activity I want to do, I, I want to you know, help young people to develop uh, personally through travel and experiences abroad. Wow. And I knew that whatever I, I would do, that was you know, whatever business I would work with, who, whatever kind of clients I would get, they would have to fit that. Their business would have to be... You know, um, aligned with my personal mission I gave to myself okay. and at that time the, what I wanted to do was to freelance and offer um, social media marketing um, services to gap year agencies oh okay and wow you really niched down yeah I niched down <laughs> <laughs> and that worked for you? And I basically worked on that for probably like nine months or so. Uh, I even like start like um, I even entered like a, a business competition, and you know it was an innovation like in innovative business competition. The guys were like, "Oh, this is totally not innovative. Get out of here!" And you know I was like, "Yeah, I don't care. This is gonna work." <laughs> um, and I'm sure it could have worked, to be honest. It's just that after nine months of of working on this, I realized that this was basically I was too dependent on my clients that would be those gap year agencies yeah. so one thing that's very important for me is to to take time off um, it's not something I, I take a lot at this point in time but it's something I know I want so I want to take three times per year one month off and I know that some that's something they would not accept because if you're um, if you're if you're providing um, a service like social media marketing 
um, it's you know and you decide to leave you know three months out of the year and not be there people are going to dislike it and in that situation I was very dependent on my clients so I decided I was like oh my god this is this is not very passive money as, as some people uh, of a passive income as some people refer it to um, meaning that the day I stop working with them I'm not really like um, generating an income for myself anymore and and yeah like the, the the revenues would really like go down and so that's when I realized I was like no this is not the right business model for me I completely have to change and that's that's what I did so. okay and you mentioned I guess that you wanted to work with companies that shared I guess your mission for you know inspiring people and and the gap year thing yeah. What, what do you think of that? Do you think it's more important to work in an organization that shares your mission or that you're working in an area that's aligned, highly aligned with like your skills and I guess your career? Like I guess... Um, oh, you should do both. <laughs> yeah, like I guess if, um, if, there was some, if there was a company that offered a role that was highly aligned with your mission but didn't really match up with what you wanted to do as a career... But then there was like, say, Expedia or something like travel industry, digital marketing, you know, and that that's going to be great for your career. Do you think I'm just curious, do you think mission, how important is mission? And because that's something a lot of people probably don't think about is, you know, trying to find an employer with a similar mission. Yeah, I think I've, I think the level of importance is, is different to everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably a lot more important for me than for um, for most people. And yeah, to answer your first question, I think you should at least try very hard <laughs> to yeah. find, you know, a company that fits your mission and your skill set yeah. or and that they, they need your skill set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's very important, man. <laughs> like, I mean, if I think if a lot of things aren't quite right in our world today, yeah. It's probably because people don't think about the mission so much. Yeah. I think if I think if we're all really thinking like super super heavily on like what kind of what's the real value, what is the the real impact, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the economical, environmental, and social impact of the activity I'm having right now. What's the actual impact? And if people would really care about this, and they would only go for projects that are sustainable in that way, I think we would live in a much better world <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I think it's very it's very important. And at the same time, you will get into your business um, as we go along. But I guess it's really important for you as with the business you do now to have that experience with other companies who share a similar mission. Um, so you have that experience of, of, of delivering that similar kind of service, I guess. The work I did for that business didn't even go as far because I was still at university almost. I mean, when I started, sorry, when I dropped the idea, I hadn't started like really approaching clients. Okay, which idea is this? Mm-hmm. So sorry, <laughs> this is so this is the first uh, the first business idea I had, which is okay. which is to help those companies uh, with social uh, media marketing services. Okay. Um, I actually like never even made it that far to pitch anything to anyone. Okay, so it was a service based business. It was a service based business, okay. and what I did, um, and I'm so happy, I'm so happy I did that because it ended up like helping me with what I'm doing today. I figured I was like, okay, I have to, I'm going to have a service-based business and, you know, there, but there's only so much you can learn by yourself and there's only so much you can learn from university and so much you can learn from podcasts. So I decided I would go and like have a really like hands-on experience 
uh, in the workplace to to train myself in a way. And so I decided to go work for what is probably like one of the the, the leading social media marketing agency in Europe. And I worked for them uh, for for six months, knowing I was going to get out. Yeah. So I went there just fully to learn as much as I could. And actually, I had such a great time. I could have seen myself continue, you know, because I I was I was in a I was in a good situation. I was I was enjoying the work. I was working a lot, but I was enjoying the work. I was enjoying the environment. I was working with with amazing people. They even offered me um, like a, so we were working in Brussels, but they offered me a, a position potentially in London, yeah. and I turned that down because I knew that you know deep inside the best thing for me was to do the location independent thing. It was a hard decision, but I was like, no, all right, yeah. let uh, let that position go and just go go do the location independent thing. And the the skills you built along the way, did did that did you get skills have practical skills after you came out of university or did you study, I guess, self-teach yourself um, a lot of concepts or did you have a good graduate job that you kind of learnt the stuff that you know now? Like, how did you build your skills? It depends which skills, I guess. Like, do you have the, uh, the marketing skill skills that, that allowed you to freelance in order to be location independent? Yeah, those skills I really got whilst working for, for this agency, for oh. sure. I mean, I... I I'd done like a lot of studying. It's I kind of call it passive studying because it's just like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I wish I could see like the volume of books. You know, it would represent. You know, yeah. seeing like all the podcasts I listen to, it would be like it would be like two full libraries probably. Yeah. Big libraries, um, but then uh, yeah, I listen to uh, to a lot of uh, theory and conversations uh, between people about what you should do as a marketer um, in order to, to you know grow an audience all this stuff but yeah all the the the, the really technical stuff and most of the things i really use i think I, i've really learned it there um, at the agency and and how did you actually transition into location independence you you quit this job after 6 months correct and then i guess did you have a network uh, of people that you freelance with or you did the online freelancing thing or how did you so the way it went is that I just realized that, all right, this is, I have to change the idea. This is not going to be like the perfect model for me. So I have to, I have to change. And, and at the same time, I quit the job. And this was the social media for the gap year program. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I was like, all right, this is not sustainable because I'm going to be very dependent on my, on my clients. And this is not something I want for myself. Mm-hmm. If all my income from, come from just a few businesses, I'm going to be very dependent on them. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, you're just gonna have to please them, you know, yeah. all the time. And if if you don't, and they just just gonna say, all right, we don't want to work with you anymore because of this and that. And then all of a sudden, then you're like, all right, like, like I don't know, a fifth of your income is gone, or maybe half yeah. of it is gone. And I was like, no, this is not something I want. I don't want to be the slave of my clients. Um, and so basically, I decided to work on on another. Uh, concept, which is what we're, what I'm spending uh, right now, 75% of my time working on, which is année sabbatique, yeah. uh, which is as you might have figured out, uh, in French, <laughs> and it means <laughs> it's like the, the the domain name is anesabatique.com, which means gapyears.com. Um, but I I started working on the project, and then I just assumed that it was gonna <laughs> it was gonna start really fast, and you know oh, okay. I could. And, and I started really from scratch. I was like, I left the job and I started like brainstorming and then I was like, all right, this is what we can do. And and, I, and then I started like, so it's not like I left the job and I, it was already project like semi-launched 
we would yeah. get any revenues, no, none of that stuff. Oh, okay. And I just imagined that it would go so fast, you know. I just completely underestimated how much time, like how, how technically difficult what I wanted to do was. And I underestimated how long it would take to build an audience and how long it would take to build, um, you know, like also, yeah, a, a, a large list of clients. Wow. And so I started working on this thing. And then it took me probably like two months and then I realized I was like, all right, I think I'm going to still have to do some freelancing jobs because yeah. there's no way, there's no way I can just, you know, rely on this little bit of money I have. Um, you built before, up some savings before you left? Yeah, I had some savings as well, but definitely not enough um, that I could sustain myself uh, moving around until we would get profitable. So, so that's where I realized I was like, okay, this is a great idea and this is really what I want to work on, but I'm still going to have to compromise and still do some freelancing yeah. because, because it's going to take a long time. Okay, wow. So I didn't actually know that you kind of pinned your, I guess, hopes on building a location-independent business and that was, I guess, the, the, you, know, you were thinking that that was going to be your uh you know your rock your yeah. income um but then expanded into the freelancing yeah um that's interesting and i am still doing freelancing now yeah because and i could make i could make like three times more money doing the freelancing seriously like i know of course um i could yeah i know i could but it's just like there's like a perfect fit of uh skill sets uh, business model, industry, and, and, and mission I have for myself in that business that I'm working right now. That's just like I know this is this is what I have to do, and and I feel I feel stronger about this. I feel stronger about the the fact that I really found something great to work on, um, and I realized that when I compare myself to people in our community, because I think a lot of people aren't fully happy. A lot of people, for example. Uh, I'm not putting. I'm not going to put any names or anything. But a lot of people do affi- like affiliate marketing. They do drop shipping. And they do Amazon FBA, and yes, they're making money. But deep inside, and they say it, they they know they want to ultimately work on something else. Yeah. They they they're just like the the these they do these things. They sell these products. They maybe don't like. Uh, fully believe in but that's just a way of like making the whole location independent thing sustainable and yeah. and, I, and I think that's I think I mean I'm doing the same thing to some extent with the freelancing right yeah. you know I, I'm making I'm making those uh, uh, sacrifices in order to be location independent right yeah. but uh, but I know that I at least I've hit something that I know fits really well and, and would work really well. And I'm something I, I, can, I can generate an income from, something I'm passionate about, something I like to work on, and something that fits my mission. Right? I, I have that. A lot of people, they're still unsure they have it. I, I know I have it. Yeah, actually, I haven't actually thought of that much. And that's a great point is the fulfillment point. And um, we had Christopher Chu on episode five of the podcast. And he, <laughs> he's done dropshipping and, and FBA. And he mentioned that he... Uh, at a certain point wasn't feeling feeling fulfilled by that and that's why he's now coaching people on on you know sort of getting more freedom in their work uh, you know location independent business and all that and yeah i guess for me i get a strong sense of fulfillment from you know the chris the freelancer project um what i do with this but yeah and that's that's one of the reasons why i like drop shipping and other businesses like that aren't that appealing to me because it 
it's just a means to an end of income and I think it, it really depends what you're selling like I think it really depends what you're selling because you could sell for example you could um, I don't know let me try and think of, of something like a, a very good example if you're if you really been to uh, cooking right and you really think that cooking uh, with your family is something that brings people closer and you really believe that people should cook their own food because it's healthier then I think you know uh, providing people with um, the the products they need to cook, they could be totally fulfilled by that, right? Yeah. The question is like, like are they? <laughs> like yeah. you know. So I, I think you could still um, you can still do um, affiliate marketing. You can still um, do drop shipping and FBA and be passionate and be fulfilled by that. It just depends what you're selling, and yeah. and whether that thing that you're selling fits with you know what you want to bring in the world, what you believe in. And what your mission is, and but very few people, I think, have a mission for themselves. Yeah. Or no, I think a lot of people have a mission for themselves. Not many people have a, fi- uh, uh, a mission for something else than themselves, like, like the a world. Bigger, bigger mission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let, tell us about your company. It's uh, about gap years, obviously. Yeah. We're gapyears.com, and <laughs> we are we're helping uh, young people to make better choices uh, about their gap years and their projects abroad. Um, and basically, we through content, we help them figure out whether or not a gap year would be appropriate for them. Yeah. And if it is, then we help them understand what kind of programs better for them. Because the, the, typical, the typical profile is a young French speaker in Belgium, France, or Switzerland, even Canada. No, maybe not Canada, but like they want, they want to go learn English. You know, that's, everyone agrees, like it's very important to speak English, you know. Um, and also everybody agrees that it's only when you get fully into the environment that you can really master the language, right? Or even like just really improve your skills. So there's a bunch of people who are, they know they want to take a year to like work on their English uh, skills, but they're not quite sure what to do. Um, and we help them figure out what are the best programs for them and the best options between doing an au pair program, volunteering abroad, working abroad, doing an, an exchange uh, uh, within another school and, and just go uh, live in a, in a family for a year um, or, or doing an internship abroad or backpacking. So we, we help them figure out through content once again, um, you know, what, it, what are the options and which ones are better depending on how much money they have, what their objectives are, what they want to do after, uh, whether they've already been at university or not or whether they're, they're coming out of a job or, or stuff like that and and ultimately where I really believe we're we're going to be bringing the most value is that we are building a platform that centralizes all the different offers so once they've they've figured out you know okay I want to do a volunteering program in um, in Canada right they can go on our site on the under the directory section and they can say all right I'm 22 years old I'm from Belgium uh, and I want to uh, go to Canada and do volunteering. And then they can find the possibilities and, and the projects, and they can compare. They can compare, uh, see the, the description of, of the project. They can see what's, what's included in the price. And they can also uh, see reviews from other people who've already done that program. So we're basically building the trip advisor of gap year programs. Oh, I see. And the business model on that, is that commission-based or...? Not really. So... Like right now, the way we're going to, to be approaching it, and we're still like at, the, at the, the stage of building. Uh, so we've built the site. The site is live uh, right now. It's been a year now. Uh, we have 25,000 uniques. At the end of the month, we'll have 25,000 unique 
uh, visitors on the site. We're, so we focused a lot on building the platform and getting traffic already to, to the site without having the directory. Yeah, right now we're, we're still building that directory and approaching our, our partners. And these are the ones who are going to be financing the project. Uh, but it's not going to be commission-based, it's going to be click-based. So basically, um, there's going to be many, many projects and many programs and many pages. Like on Google, you know, you type, yeah. you type uh, digital nomads, and then there's going to be like 20 pages of content. Um, of course, you know, people generally don't go till page 17, right? Mm -hmm. So basically we're giving the possibility for the organizations who want to have more visibility to basically pay in order to have that visibility. And if, if the users, they do show some interest and they really are quality leads, only then they pay us per click within the card of the directory. Okay, and how has your experience been with building a startup and I guess navigating the challenges of traveling and working remotely? Because it's quite challenging in itself to build a startup. Um, how's it been, you know, doing that on the road? To be honest, I mean, it's not been easy for sure. Uh, but the thing is, like, because I did not depend on the income from the startup, yeah. it was like, it's just that the development has been slow. It's, it doesn't make it impossible, but it's just like, yeah, I spend time traveling around and I spend time, you know, freelancing. And yeah, the result of that is that I just wouldn't spend so much time working on the startup and now I basically decided I was like my focus and because I enjoy this so much my focus is going to be on working on this business and that's why um, uh, I'm you know spending three months here in Chiang Mai and I was three months in Saigon and um, and I've recently decided I would only spend 20% of my time working for clients uh, instead of 40% before so I could really spend more time developing the startup and basically increasing the pace at which uh, I can financially be, um, it can be financially viable, which it is not at, the same, at this point in time. Right now, I'm just investing money in it. Yeah. It's been a year and a half just investing money into it. And time and everything and else. And time. But it's been so worth it, dude. Like, I'm learning so much stuff. I'm, I'm like, really enjoying it. Uh, when, I talk to, to, uh, when I talk about it, I'm really passionate. And it's just like, and I, I really believe that we're bringing something amazing that's really not been done in our market, basically. No, that's awesome that you found something that you're so passionate about. But I guess in, in terms of the, the freelancing stuff, that's, mm -hmm. just, that's the stuff that's really sustaining you. Oh, yeah, it is. And Only. How, did you, um, how did you find work on the road? Was it tough? Did you use online platforms? Or? So basically, I was getting, uh, up until like last October, I was getting like small uh, client work here and there, you know, uh, very inconsistent. Uh, the only way I would want to get clients was through face-to-face -face meeting. Okay. Uh, so I would just do it naturally, like just go to work in co-working spaces and put myself out there yeah. uh, and just go to meetups and stuff like that. And that worked okay, but um, I think if you have such a strategy and you really want to have a lot of clients, I think it takes some time, you know, yeah. to, to do that. Uh, because it's not like you bumped into a new client every day when you do that, especially because I was really not aggressive in the way I was, um, I was, I was uh, offering my services. It's yeah. not something I wanted to. I didn't want to like enter a co-working space and go shake everyone's hand, and be like, "Hey, I'm the Facebook marketing guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nice to meet you. Just let's go work together." You know, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Probably it could have gone faster if I would have done that, but I just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really became sustainable for me financially when I started working on an ongoing basis 
with one of my clients and do uh, basically like 16 hours per week. And then from that point onwards, I could say, all right, I could just, you know, look at the numbers and be like, all right, this month I have made more money than I spent. <laughs> and that's only at that point that I was like, all right, this is sustainable. I can say now I'm, I'm location independent. But before I would have, you know, like spikes here and there, you know, uh, in terms of income. But overall, if I look at the, the bigger picture over a six month period, I would spend much more than I would make. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I would not consider my freelancing uh, career having multiple clients as uh, very successful. And, but it's, it's partly because I wasn't focused on it because I was just really building the startup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just realized that, that probably like around August or July last year, I was like, all right, this is, there's not enough money coming in. I need, I need more financial stability. And I also need like that creative energy. And I need that creative energy to be dedicated to the startup. So I figured that if I would work on an ongoing basis with a client, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every week or every month because these are, there are processes and you more or less do the same thing all the time. Yeah. And, and so I figured like I would have to make a little bit of that sacrifice, you know, in terms of time freedom. Um, if I wanted, uh, and basically, yeah, say I'm going to be working 16 hours per week and yeah, I'm not going to take one month of holiday if I want to. Um, but I'll, at least I'll have, you know, a good environment, uh, that sustains me, uh, financially so I can keep on building the startup, which ultimately is really what I wanted to focus on. Okay. And that client's the same one you're working with now? Yeah. And how'd you find that client? Uh, through basically I went to, uh, it was kind of a networking event in Brussels. It was like, it was a, like a meet, some sort of a meetup of a group of people who all work in the travel industry, but uh, focused on the digital side of it. And so I just went out there because I had a friend who just invited me. I was like, wow, that sounds great. I'm just going to go. And then just behaved normally there and just right. talked to people. And then I started talking with with this guy who's today my client and he's also my mentor for the startup so everything is super linked and yeah we just became friends at first we just became friends and I was still at the time I was still working for the other agency and being a campaign manager and then the guy has a business that's heavily run by you know advertising so I think he had an interest in me because of that to some extent um, and so yeah just from that point onwards um, we just became friends like I would uh, he's like 39 years old but and I'm clearly younger but we would just go have a beer together and hang out at his place or my place and then we just really became friends and there's probably like nine months of friendship before I started doing like my first before I did my first consulting project with him and only then I, after I approached him after basically I've I'd made that that shift, like mental shift, that I have to work with someone on an ongoing basis. Only then I told him I was like, "Hey, how about we work together?" And then he was like, "Yes." Okay, so this was before you left. No, this is whilst I was already on the roads. Okay. Whilst I was on already on the roads. No, I'm. Oh, so yes, yeah, sorry. I met him before I left, whilst I was still working in the agency, yeah. and then I basically uh, worked with him once doing a consulting project when I was on the road. I was in Colombia at that time. He was in. Brussels, but it's an American business. Um, yeah, and then I came back. Yeah, I was back home, and then I suggested to him. I was like, "Hey, how about we work together on an ongoing basis?" And then we just talked a little bit. He talked on, with the, the team, and it was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Do you think it's in um, 
an advantage or important to find clients back home? Is that better to have clients back home that support you being location independent or does it matter? I, I think if back home is Australia, you, yeah, you would want to make sure you can have clients from Australia. I mean, it's from a pure financial standpoint, I think it makes a lot more sense. Like basically, and really thinking just about the financial side of it, if you're going to be offering the same service to the same kind of companies anyways, you might as well, you know, uh, assuming that the time difference is not too big, mm. you might as well work with people who uh, are in a country where the currency is high, like Australia, yeah. because you get paid in Aussie dollars, <laughs> and that's good, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, arriving here in Chiang Mai and then trying to do business with, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're, doing, um, you're doing some services, helping, helping doing social media for any company, it's probably better for you to get your clients in Australia than find them here in Chiang Mai because if they're Thai and even if they're not, if, even if they're expats, they have access here to labor that's so much cheaper. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it will make more sense for everyone, you know, that you get your clients uh, basically in Australia. Yeah, I didn't make my point very clear, but you got the idea, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely, I guess for anyone listening, I think it's definitely the best idea to secure work back home first if if you live in a western country that has a strong currency to secure work back home and then use that to travel a guy who's who's probably going to be on the podcast as well a friend of mine dylan got a web development job in australia that was able to go remote and then just went remote and to me that's the most reliable way of going location independent because it's almost like the same thing as getting a job in your home country the only difference is you have an agreement with them that you can go remote exactly yeah yeah okay so yeah i would recommend that to anyone um for sure um so what sort of travel have you done i mean obviously travel is very important um to you and and you figured pretty early on that you you wanted to travel um but i guess there's a lot of slow travel at the moment for you and you got to focus on you know your mission with the business as well and i guess moving around a lot wouldn't work quite well with that yeah uh the kind of travel i've done i mean i've done i've done all sorts of travel i mean in for during my nomadic experience or like generally speaking yeah generally speaking like i think travel is is an important thing to you but then also how do you manage that with work and and where are the places you've you've been and okay enjoyed? maybe maybe i focus i focus more on the on the nomadic then yeah uh, because i mean yeah i've, I've just a, you've had a few <laughs> no <laughs> i've done a lot of before. travel i've done a lot of travel uh during that year in australia and then after that i went in indonesia for a month uh, I've done, and then I was living in the UK for three years where I studied. Oh wow! Um, so that's to some extent that's that is a way of traveling in a way that you're living abroad. Mm. Uh, so I think you find a lot of the the, the travel elements, uh, mm. even though you're like in the same place for three years. And then yeah, I did I would do like trips in the summer and stuff, but nothing like significant. And then yeah, but basically I started with the nomadic nomadism. Um, I did like uh, before I really get like heavily into building the startup on the road I was like okay I know I'm gonna work a lot and I'm gonna be like fully into this thing so I want to you know enjoy the last moments of freedom you know before I, 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 I get really into this and so I took two months and I traveled uh, in Ecuador as well and I really focused on improving my Spanish skills and improving my surfing that was last year and once I finished with that then I was like I arrived in Colombia 
And when I got to Colombia, I lived there last year for five months. And when I when I arrived in Colombia, I was like, okay, now this is this is business time. But I was still making my way towards Medellin, so it was like it took me probably like a month to get to Medellin. So I was still like I was really like on the road and and like working on the on the on the business, and that was not that was not easy. Um, for sure, and everybody agrees across the board. <laughs> when you're moving around, it's really hard to get anything done. And like, and generally speaking, working in hostels uh, or like being surrounded by backpackers. And I'm not criticizing backpackers. I, I am, to some extent, I am a backpacker. You know, because I still do trips here and there. But it's generally speaking like hard to work when you're around backpackers because they're they don't quite understand what you're doing. They're still like living their year off or their their summer vacation or whatever and they don't get the, the big picture. So when you're like, you're just working and they're chilling or they're going for a trip somewhere uh, and you say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna keep on working. You're like, oh man, it sucks. Come on, come with us, blah, yeah, blah, blah. And it's hard. Um, it makes you feel like shit, you know? You're like, <laughs> no, it's true. Um, sorry for saying shit, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a little bit frustrating, you know? I mean, at the end of it, I was, I just got used to it. I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm happy to do what I'm doing right now, you know? But I think for a lot of people, it can be tough, you know? Because you see, because you're, you don't, you don't really do anything fully, right? You're like, not really doing the traveling fully because you see all these people doing stuff you're not going to be doing. And at the same time, like, it's really hard because you're on the road and you're doing work, but you're not fully doing some really good work because you're on the road, right? Yeah. yeah. So now I prefer really to like su be super focused on the work. And then I would take like a month off. Like that's what I did now. I, uh, I took one month off um, and like more or less like off. Um, and and I, yeah, I traveled in Vietnam. So I bought a motorbike. Uh, in Saigon and I did like 1,700 kilometers north um, and that was like you know alright now not, I'm not supposed to work so I can like I can be a backpacker now yeah <laughs> and then yeah okay what do you, and, and you obviously we're in Chiang Mai right now mm -hmm. what are your favorite places to work in the world in the world yeah like, in terms of cities yeah so you so is Chiang Mai does Chiang Mai top the list or yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like, it's really important to be surrounded with, like, like-minded people. And for a lot of people, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm not really bringing anything new here. Um, but it's just really nice when you arrive. And that's and the only places I've had this is Saigon and Chiang Mai so far. I was in Medellin last year. I've been working from Brussels a lot. Um, a little bit London, Paris, Berlin, Madrid. And you go to co-working spaces and you see remote workers, you see startup founders, you see freelancers. And to some extent, you have something in common with them, right? Yeah. Because of the work. But the, the moving around part, very, there's very few people who are really like moving that much. Yeah. And they, very few people who, who I feel like really like identify uh, as like location independent or nomadic people, right? Like, and the places I've seen where there's the biggest concentration of people like that is Saigon and is Chiang Mai. Yeah. And so because of that, it's really nice. If you look it up, like, if you really look at it, infrastructure is good in other places too, right? Um, but what really makes a big difference is, um, is really like the people here in, in Saigon and Chiang Mai. And also, of course, the cost of living. All right, well, if you had to... 
and I ask this at the end of pretty much every podcast. If you had uh, advice, I guess in the space of like, let's say five minutes, like what would you, what would you tell people that want to become location independent? I think like, like anything, I think success is going to be dependent on how much information you have, how much knowledge you have. So I would say, like, educate yourself, you know, really, like, what are the different possibilities? But first of all, try to really figure out, you know, whether this is going to be something for you or not. And if you've, if you've agreed that this was going to be something for you, yeah, just figure out first whether you re- it's really something you want to do or not. And you have to do that by consuming... Uh, content, uh, and I'm not trying to make the promotion for any for anyone here. Really, I'm just saying like you should inform yourself. Just don't throw yourself out there not knowing what's going on. I mean, if you're if you really want to give yourself the most chances, make sure you know what you're going for, um, and then yeah, try to figure out what the different options are. Um, and they're probably going to fall into the categories of am I a remote worker or am I a freelancer that's working for. Um, clients here and there and has to find new clients on an ongoing basis or um, am I an entrepreneur but you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have income coming from an internet business right yeah. Um, but um, yeah just try to figure out which which one is the best option for you depending on your skill sets depending on what you know um, and what you want to do but yeah just just make sure you're you're informed make sure you're you're talking to people who understand what you're going for ask them what they think of your uh, super plan for location independence is <laughs> and uh, and yeah probably like if you really if you're not like really in a hurry to go do it probably like try starting your super plan you know uh, and and try and see some traction and 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 get some income already before you you leave what like whatever is the situation you're on right yeah. because um i think i haven't met too many people who've like failed at doing the location independence thing but i could see how a lot of people like me underestimated exactly how much time it was going to take their online business to you know uh succeed and had to stop or had to you know and get back to square one um so yeah if you can already try and do as much as you can uh, whilst you have your 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 job or whilst you're at university then yeah try to to get some traction before you go fully into this uh super plan <laughs> super plan super plan <laughs> we could like make a s- super plan sort of thing and brand it and because i never heard that before super the super plan yeah i, I never said it before neither <laughs> so it's just like we've just invented a new thing on the podcast here ladies and gentlemen yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to look that up now. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Raph. No worries, with pleasure. All right, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about Raphael, as well as everything else we just talked about in today's episode, you can find all of that information and more in the show notes. Just head to christhefreelancer.com forward slash podcast forward slash Raphael dash smear. That's christhefreelancer.com forward slash podcast forward slash R-A-P-H-A-E-L dash S-Z-M-I-R. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and we hope to see you on the next episode.